Polyphia are an American rock band from Dallas, Texas. Known for conjuring up their own blend of progressive metal and math rock, the guitar-led instrumental quartet continue to innovate by integrating trap beats, electronica, and guest vocalists into their sonic universe. You're tuned in to Roots to Grooves. Welcome back, everybody. What's up? What's up? This Jesse Quigley. This is Jay Purcell. Another episode of Roots to Grooves at your service. At your service, yeah. This week, we're talking about polyphia. 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 That's what, that's what I was saying, but I think it is polyphia. Okay. Uh, uh, based on what I was hearing yeah. um, around the internet. Yeah. A four-piece um, group originally from Dallas, Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah. So pretty cool music. I mean, what yeah. would you say it is? Did you did you you hadn't heard about this band until we brought it up this week? Yeah, never. Yeah, you uh, messaged it to me, and I was like, "Cool name." Never heard of yeah. them. So uh, I think they made up yeah. that name too. I don't think it's a word. Yeah. Fun fact. Oh, there you go. I didn't find how they came up with their name, but I guess it sort of it it, des- it describes a sort of sound at least to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I think there is some kind of word poly, yeah. polytechnics or something, polyrhythm. Because like, yeah, something. like polyrhythmic, right? It's kind of it's probably not how they came up with the name, but they have a lot of polyrhythms in there. Yeah, totally. Say, and stuff like that. So, so I mean, what would you say? I mean, it's basically progressive uh, metal. Yeah. Or you know, progressive rock. You could say math rock if you've heard that term. Yeah, math rock. Um, I don't think they would describe themselves as math rock, but no metal or progressive. Yeah, uh, there was this word that has got used a lot—a genre called gent. I've never heard that. Yeah, I think it's spelled D J E N T. If I'm right, Ooh. I never heard of it before until I started looking into gent. this band. Um, and it's uh, it's like a subgenre of metal. It's they they describe it as distinctive sound is a high gain distorted palm muted low pitch guitar sound. Nice, yeah. The name gent is an onomatopoeia of this sound. Oh, nice! Bring yeah. some onomatopoeia early yeah. in the episode tonight. I dig yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, that's how they have been Man. described. And I've also heard a couple of their members describe that um, genre themselves when they were describing them. I hadn't heard well. that. Very yeah. astute research by Jay Purcell tonight. You know, I, I try. Very good. And, you know, we'll see how far he tries I and, get on this and he episode. succeeds. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's really cool about this. I heard it from my brother. Okay, cool. I don't know who they were until my, my brother told me about them. My brother, Gabe Quigley. Mm-hmm. Um, drummer as well, right? Yeah, he's the yeah. best drummer I know. Yeah. Sick. Um, so he's, he's super into this kind of, you know, rhythmic um, type compositions. Yeah. Um, kind of progressive type drums, you know, a lot of different stuff going on, mm-hmm. super rhythmic, super nuanced, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, with a lot of intention, mm. not just your, you know, your Ringo Stark. Yeah, yeah. Four to the floor. Yeah, you know. Thing, yeah. So he, you know, super dynamic drums. Um, so he kind of falls into the music like this. And so he, he told me about him and, you know, I've been listening. I've, I've, heard, I've, I've, I've come across them for the past couple of years. Okay. He probably told me about him a couple mm. of years ago or so. Okay. Um, and yeah, so he, I mean, he was telling me about him. It's, uh, I'm kind of reading a text that he was sending me yeah. um, about what he likes about the production. And he says, 
you know, it's a cool blend of electronic and acoustic drums, mm. hip hop influence, metal influences. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely hear that probably in that first track that we played. Yeah. That's their most popular track on Spotify, at least with like 20 million views. So it's killing it. Goat is Off the name their, of that track. Yeah. yeah. Their latest album, which I think was 2017. Yeah. Mm hmm. Pull that up real quick, like 2018. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, new levels, new devils. Yeah, so right off the bat, I mean, I would say start with this record if you want to listen to this band. Mm. Um, th that's probably my favorite record out of their discography. Mm. Okay. Um, just throwing that out there. Cool, cool album art, too. These guys have cool visuals all the way around. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to look at any of their videos, but how, how are their videos looking? Are they like, um, cool, yeah. psychedelic, yeah, kind of trippy? So yeah. I, I feel like their music is a little psychedelic in a way, yeah. Um, it kind of takes you to a little new world, really yeah. intricate, a lot of stuff going on, um, and it just kind of sucks you in there. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of their videos have, you know, cool, cool visuals of like skulls or animals kind of morphing into each other and using like, um, like symmetry and they're kind of going in together, but then kind of coming back out. And for me, that's super psychedelic, yeah, yeah. or at least reminds me of psychedelic yeah. um, ideas and stuff. And I think it goes really well with their music. It's a super cool visual. Yeah. Um, and then they, they kind of mix that in with them, like kind of just chilling and looking cool, playing their, their parts, mm -hmm. um, along to the music. And I think it, it's, it's cool. It works really well. I think their visuals are on point. It's, it's pretty cinematic, which, which I like yeah. in videos and yeah, I think they do a good job. I think they have a good time making the videos too. Like I was, um, based on what I was hearing yeah, yeah. some interviews and stuff. Nice. That's so cool. yeah, I would definitely go on, check out their, their videos online. Cause they're pretty good at coming up with cool ideas. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of one of the things that they um, that kind of got their start. One of their videos went kind of viral. Mm. Um, their song "Impassioned" from the the EP "Inspire," mm -hmm. which is like a I think five song EP that came out in 2013 or 14. Mm -hmm. That's the first ever release kind of thing. Uh, yeah, they might have had like a single or so before that. Yeah, because um, they were getting. I think that's the first thing they released. It's the first thing on Spotify at least. Mm. "Inspire" 2013, five mm -hmm. songs. Mm -hmm. And, and um, yeah, I think they made a cool video of a playthrough of that and um, put it on YouTube and it kind of went viral. And, I saw and, that written playthrough. What does that mean in terms of... I, I was wondering because I didn't look at this actual video. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering that, yeah. um, you know, yeah. failure on my research, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Playthrough. Like, yeah. I don't know if it was a live. Yeah. Um, one of them playing live or if it was an actual music video. Okay. To be determined. Seems like a, ga a gaming terminology, a playthrough, right? Or something like, like that. Like a, a game stream. <laughs> like a hey, game stream. Watch thing. me play League of Legends for two hours. Yeah. I'm going to stream it. Which is actually something that one of the members does. I don't know if that game oh, in really? particular, but he has a YouTube channel where he streams uh, his gaming cool. stuff. But he's maybe on Twitch as well. But should we talk a, a little bit about the members of the band? Yeah. Currently, yeah. Totally. Uh, mm -hmm. They went through a couple changes. Yeah. Um, I think there's two, two uh, kind of main members have been there the whole time. Yeah. Specifically, throw out the name Tim Henson. Yeah. I think he's kind of the backbone and the heart of the band, and he's kind of kind of led the way, led the charge. Yeah. Through time and space. Yeah. As the band got started. Um, yeah. He's uh, obviously guitar, and then Scott LePage is also on guitar. Mm -hmm. I think both of those guys they they're the longest members. Um, I think they started out uh, playing together in high school. In yeah. high school, yeah, when they were like fifteen, I think. So I mean, kids. Yeah, um, and uh, 
they said they were just into shredding. That's what they wanted to do. They were into like metal music and they just wanted to shred the whole time. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd both learn separately all these like complex um, guitar riffs and patterns and then they'll show each other how to play them kind of thing. And they were just sort of sharing their knowledge and learning and getting their chops up together at the same time. Um, but uh, I mean, uh, we could back up a little bit. That's yeah, not yeah. where they. That's not where they learned their instruments. Okay, yeah. I think yeah. Um, as far as I learned, Tim Henson was a violin player. Oh, really? And I think yeah, yeah. his mom, or at least, or his parents, or at least his mom, kind of, you know, yeah, do these violin lessons, kind of forced yeah, him into it, or you know, heavily persuaded at least. Yeah, because he said his brother's a pianist as well, and mm -hmm. always have these the sheet music lying around the house and stuff right. like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so you can yeah. see if you listen to this music, it's pretty technical, yeah, um, and you know very virtuous, yeah, and you know skillful. It's classical in a way, right? The, yeah, the intricacies of totally the guitar parts and everything like that. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I think a lot of the early stuff, even some YouTube videos, which again I didn't look through all of their videos, but I think it was a lot of kind of, you know, maybe that's what a playthrough is: playing some other music, a cover kind of mm. type video. Um, and I think those were kind of successful on YouTube, yeah. but I, so he was, yeah, learning how to, you know, read music and learn the violin when he was like 10 years old. Um, and then I think he was kind of getting sick of that. He didn't really like it. He wasn't having a good time. Mm. And so he wanted to change the guitars and I don't know exactly the, the time, the, the events through time, mm. um, in order, but at some point his dad went into his room or his back office or something and broke out a guitar and was like, here, try this one. Mm. And at that point, he didn't even know at 10 years old, he didn't know that his, his dad played guitar at all. And <laughs> he, apparently he, he, he shreds. Give it, giving it up or something, his dad? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of some, I don't know, yeah. that's my past, it's my secret, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. apparently he was pretty good. Wow. Um, and he, he kind of showed him the ropes, how to hold the guitar, how to, you know, what the strings are, just the basic fundamentals of what the instrument yeah. is about. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, violin is somewhat similar, another stringed instrument to a guitar. So he had you know, a little bit of background about yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then they, I think he kind of fell in love with it. At you know. 10? He, was he 10 when he... I think he was started? 10 when he got his, you know, started messing with guitar. Wow, okay, yeah. Or, yeah, you know, something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah. if anybody has some better information, hit us up. Hit us up. We're trying to learn some more about these guys. Absolutely. It's a, yeah, super sick group of people. So I guess he was, uh, yeah, I mean, super young, super talented. Yeah. And a lot of the interviews, he's, he's, he's got this, this attitude. Like, I know I wanted to be the best guitarist, I think. Yeah. Um, when he was young, he wanted to be like the best, mm -hmm. you know, I, already, I sound like a broken record. He wanted to be the best guitarist mm. and eventually they wanted to be like the biggest metal band. And I think they still got this attitude. Yeah. Um, we talked about their attitude in a couple of minutes or something, sure, but yeah, yeah. they're pretty pumped about it. And they're kind of just, they don't care about what anybody else thinks. And they're just kind of going straight for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tim Henson and Scott LePage, and then um, they've had a couple of other, uh, it seems like another bass player and another drummer at certain points, but right now, um, since 2012, Clay Goba or yeah, or Goba, Goba. Yeah, he was the original. <laughs> I think they, I think they met in like um, 2016. Okay, he's the bass uh, guitarist. It says he was. Um, so there's two Clays in the band. Uh, Clay, I can't pronounce his last name. Ashlemon is on the drummer. He joined in 2016, and then Clay Goba. Joined in 2012 on bass. Okay, um, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, I think I misspoke. I think when they were 16, not mm. 2016, they met that first drummer. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Yeah. When they were in high school. Yeah, yeah. If if I'm getting my yeah. times and events mm -hmm. the right way. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and Clay, um, I don't, I don't really know their personal history, but in one interview, he was saying that he didn't really, he didn't realize he was going to end up in a band and be touring. Mm-hmm. I think at the point when he joined in 2016, he said he was working like some corporate day job kind of thing, right? And um, he he managed to meet these guys and get involved in the band, and then end up going on tour with some of like his biggest inspirations that he he mentioned, like. Right, I like think they were playing support for some band or something that was. I think his favorite band was Coheed and Cambria. Right, yeah, I, which I haven't heard of either. So, I, yeah. you haven't heard of them? No, no, no. Are they, I I couldn't yeah. think of a single lick of a song, but I yeah. definitely know the name. Okay, yeah. So I mean, big kind of similar <laughs> thing like metal or like instrumental. Your, your or... guess is as good as mine, okay. Jay. <laughs> but I think so. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I, he was well into them, and they sort of. I think. I think if it's this band he was talking about, it was like he said that the rest of the band members like said, "Oh, you know, we're gonna have a band meeting. We want we want to talk about something." And he was like, "Oh shit, am I gonna get fired or something like that?" And it was like, "Just say it. You're gonna leave me in suspense <laughs> like this." Yeah. And it was like, "No, we're going on tour with this band." And he was like, "This is a joke, right?" You know, it's like, yeah, I, I so would sound was, like a joke. I mean, but yeah, in yeah, reality, that was a yeah. dream come true. Yeah, I mean, what a cool thing for a young musician to yeah get to a point where you can go on tour with a band that you grew up yeah like super about. I mean, that'd be insane. Yeah, that'd be like me playing support for like Chili Peppers or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, what? I mean, insane. Like <laughs> dream state. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what a high that would be to 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 feel that kind of energy. Yeah. So these guys are having a good time. They're shooting for the stars. Yeah. Um, and I, I, yeah, so in high school, I think they just started messing around. They, I think they started playing some classical music, doing kind of classical covers mm. and playthroughs, quote yeah. unquote. Somebody to let us know what that word means. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And so they, you know, getting some, some acclaim on YouTube and stuff. And yeah. I think they kind of wanted to be like an internet, you know, entity. Mm. They, they saw the, the value right. of uh, marketability and, yeah. and, you know, viewership on there. And they, that's, they knew they could kind of, create a following through there yeah it was interesting because yeah I, having not known who this band is and just going straight to their spotify first uh-huh um and then sort of finding out about their youtube presence kind of made me think a little bit about um because they're like heavy on youtube like tim henson like i said has has his own channel um where he's like giving tours of his home studio in la mm-hmm. um showing his setup I think he he's done breakdowns of songs like with screen sharing like a, right he uses Ableton and that and he was like showing you how he made beats and and wrote the songs kind of thing. Um, one thing interesting thing he said as well about writing he said if anyone's interested in learning about producing, he thinks that people should start by trying to recreate uh, songs that they like from scratch right. by themselves. He mentioned this a song "Breakfast" by Jaden Smith is like one that he recreated himself from scratch nice as he was learning how to produce um yeah no so yeah the thing i was getting to about thinking about that is i it's interesting to me because a lot of um artists now you know that are just starting out or whatever maybe they have that sort of point of view of using youtube and marketing as they're trying to sort of do it in a traditional big label way right you know by not really having much of a presence like maybe on instagram but not a youtube channel usually kind of go the more mysterious rock star route yeah and uh, it started to make me think it's like well maybe you know it's not a bad thing to and it, it depends on your wheelhouse of knowledge and creativity and how much you want to be on camera on, on youtube and that i'm yeah. still getting used to it as well <laughs> yeah um but 
yeah, like, I guess, like, is there a mysteriousness about not doing that? Or is it, you know, is it fine? Should should we recommend or should it be a thing that more artists are out there? Like, uploading a video a week, showing their process, talking to the people. I don't know. What do you well, think about that? Like, I think that's yeah. the, yeah, one of the, you know, the music industry is is kind of been polarized. And some people would say it's, you know, the best time to be a musician. It's the easiest to get your stuff out there. Um, and then the other hand, you other people would say that it's, you know, the music industry is crumbling and people, artists aren't getting paid enough. Yeah. And, you know, it's just this weird trickle down syndrome where labels and, you know, corporation executives are making the decisions. And then, you know, you eventually get pennies on the dollar for all this hard work that you put in. Yeah. So kind of depends on your perspective, how you want to look at it. But the Internet is certainly uh, a very interesting um, you know, catalyst for our society and we're still yeah. figuring it out. Um, but one of the best things you can do as an artist is put your stuff online, obviously these days, and people are always hunting for new content. Like, well, what am I supposed to post? Yeah. Like nobody's taking pictures of me. Yeah. Like what am I supposed to do? So you have to find these different things to post. Yeah. And like these guys are doing really well hopping on this, um, you know, internet train yeah. of what do I post? You know, covers. Yeah. Here's, here's my gear, you know, rundown. Here's what I use. Yeah. Here's how I played this song. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's make creating content out of your content. Yeah. I think it, it fits probably their brand as a band or whatever, Polyphia, to be doing that because they, they seem to be of that generation of other people that are already doing it, like Twitch game streamers. Right. I mean, they, stuff like that. the band yeah. got started in 2010. Yeah. So yeah. not that long ago. Yeah. And these guys are pretty young. I think Tim Henson is 27 years old this mm. year. Yeah. Um, you know, so they, they're basically growing up yeah. with with this technology. Yeah. And, and, and utilizing it in every step of the yeah, way. Yeah, for their, for their benefit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did want to, I wanted to go back for one second because I think he mm. was playing, Tim Henson specifically, he was playing violin since he was three. Mm. And so, you know, just to, to reiterate that history of, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where this guy's coming from. You know, he's been, you know, a musician all his life. Yeah. And he's been working really hard. Mm. Um, and he hated it until he, he started <laughs> trying guitar. Yeah. Um, so I think he had his first band in sixth grade, called himself Timmy Hendrix. Little Timmy Hendrix. Yeah. Did he have a MySpace? <laughs> I think they were on MySpace, yeah, actually. Yeah, 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 I'm not sure. Yeah. I didn't see anything else about it, but I think he did mention MySpace at one point. Yeah. Um, so he started playing, you know, some Black Sabbath, mm -hmm. you know, um, Iron Man. Yeah. And then... Iron Maiden or Iron Man? The song yeah. Iron Man. Iron Man, okay. But probably yeah. he was into some Iron okay. Maiden. They were probably yeah. around as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was in the you know, Screamo. Mm -hmm. I think there's a band called Job for a Cowboy. Mm. Um, but some deathcore, death metal. Yeah. Um, I think he's another person he was influenced by. I think is a woman rapper or artist, mm -hmm. uh, Rico Nasty. Do you recognize that name? Not really. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, they, I think they started Poly, Poly, um, Polyphia. Yeah. Just the way I want to say it is in high school in the eleventh grade in two thousand eleven huh. or ten. I saw elsewhere. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so they were in, they were in high school, they were starting their music. He's on his journey yeah. trying to create stuff. And then I guess, um, his parents wanted him to go to college. So he went to the university of North Texas hmm. and I can't remember what he was studying. Yeah. Um, did you, did, did you see anything about that college experience for Tim? I did not. No. Okay. Well, I mean, um, I think he was going to university of North Texas yeah. and then basically he dropped out hmm. and didn't tell his parents. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, classic 
Rockstar move. Is it? Uh, is this before stuff started happening with Polyphia? Or I, I I don't know. I'm you know it's hard to get all these things lined up. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff to research, Jay. I'm not a know, computer yeah. man. I'm not a computer man. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it's um yeah. So Dallas, Texas, that's kind of their home base, right? Yeah, 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 as far as yeah. I know. And um, like I do know that they were obviously playing a lot of shows once they started to write music and get the band together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and just really kind of uh, being a hands-on approach to getting people to their shows that they'd literally um, drive to, to people's homes and give them tickets or try to sell them tickets. Yeah, kind of so yeah, they yeah. were really putting in the work. I think they were yeah. doing like pay-to-play shows. Yeah, and that was one thing they said yeah, in one interview as well, like, you know, the difference between them when they started and them now is like they used to pay to be in the band and now they get paid to be in the band, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, they obviously had to put in their own investment, their own time and money. And now um, they've got a fan base and some traction kind of thing where they can actually do this for a living, which mm-hmm. is great, and go on tour and spend their time crafting their albums and recording it and stuff like that. Totally, but um, but yeah, obviously, just in the early days, just really starting out, grinding it away, doing those shows. Yeah, coming up with you know, starting to learn how to write music that they wanted to write. Yeah. Um, One of the other things they did is um, you know hopping on this internet train again. They made a lot of money on Indiegogo and they started a campaign, and I think that was for their first album, their first LP. Okay. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but I think that's what it was for. Nice. Unless it was for their first EP or something, but you know. The point is they're using the internet again in a positive way to yeah, influence yeah. the success of their band. Yeah. So obviously it was a success. It's the new model, right? Getting getting that sort of interest from putting stuff out for free for a while and then, and yeah. then doing like a campaign. Yeah, thing, so, so they get, did a good job of creating value yeah. for their potential audience and for people in general for the music industry. Um, you know, mm-hmm. giving is receiving, Jay. This is what I'm learning. It is, yeah. Um, the more you put out into the world, the more you get it back. Boom, baby. I love it. Yes, yeah. that's right. Karma. I'm, I'm a believer in karma. Yeah. As a thing, as a concept. Totally. But, um, yeah. So Very zen of you. You know, I, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, maybe we should play a little, a little ditty. Yeah, let's go for it. Another one. You want to play this one? Um, it was one of my brother's yeah. recommendations, Gabe. Mm-hmm. Hit him up on Instagram. I think it's G-Dog Quigs. G-Dog Quigs. Um, Look but don't touch, and this one has a, um, a, a vocal feature from Lewis Grant, who I'm unfamiliar with, but he sounds pretty good. Nice, let's get a spin. Cool. Look but don't touch. Don't touch, Jay. Don't touch. No touchy. <laughs> Um, so pretty cool that's a pretty dynamic track yeah i do know the story behind that track apparently they wrote and recorded that entire track in three weeks um they said it started off from a like a riff and a beat that tim put together and he sent it to scott and scott did some stuff onto it and then he sent it to clay the drummer and then he um replayed all the parts live mm-hmm. inspired by the original beats that tim had done and then um, Clay uh, stayed up all night and spent like 15 hours recording all of his bass parts. And then that same day, once he finished it, I think they went off and they recorded the music video for it. And uh, so they basically they recorded the video to a demo version of the song. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they subsequently finished it off. And um, 
did the final mix and everything like that um, for the video. Yeah, and all done in three weeks because I think they were supposed to go on the Look But Don't Touch tour and they were like, well, this is the lead <laughs> song. We need to get it done and out there and the music video done. So, Did that one come out as a single? Um, I'm what? not sure. Um, oh, I can't remember I either. I don't even yeah. know. Dumb question. Let Forget me see. It. I do have a list of their singles in front of me here. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, it came out in 2019 as cool. a single. Look, but don't touch. Cool. But that's a good point that you made. I think that's basically how their um, music production is organized, as far as starting from scratch to getting a final um, piece of music out to the world. Is yeah. it all? I think most of their stuff starts with Tim Henson. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, he's kind of like the you know the heart and rock of the band. Mm. Um, Seems the, like the Trailblazer. Yeah. And so it's it's I think it's him and Scott LePage. They're yeah. kind of the tightest. Yeah. And I think he starts with the the production. I think he Tim said he'll you know he, I, so he listens to a lot of rap. Yeah. Almost exclusively is what I was seeing. Which, yeah. Which is interesting little side note there. Well, yeah. So yeah, it sounds like you know obviously they were into a lot of metal, uh -huh. and then he said they both side. They specifically said radio music. They listen to more radio music, meaning like pop and rap electronic music as well but mostly rap they mm -hmm. said yeah and they said that's what's been inspiring their sound more than anything else like in fact they're trying not to listen to other bands and artists within their same genre they're looking outside of their genre for inspiration right and, and prefer to sort of take inspiration from that as opposed to which like, is yeah. cool that's a dynamic kind of um you know place to be coming from like we're, we're creating progressive some type of rock yeah, some type of progressive rock with guitars and yeah. no vocals. Yeah, all ninety percent of their stuff is no vocals. It's mostly instrumental. I don't know if we said yeah. that. Yeah, because the a couple of the songs we played, maybe both those had vocals. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which are the rare rarities? Like they have some guest appearances. Yeah, but, that, but which was the thing actually? Like I think, um, I think there was a label called Sumerian or something um, that they really looked up to and wanted to get signed to and. I think some someone that was signed to them saw them play live, um, sent their music to the label. And Tim said they got an email back and it said the, there was no punctuation. The only thing the email said is where's the vocals? And they were like, oh, they were kind of a, dip, a bit deflated from that. And right. from that experience, they actually held auditions and they like went around trying to find vocalists. It's kind of a kind of a rude email. A little bit. Yeah. It's like, I mean, um, and but they ended up <laughs> not finding anyone that really worked, and then they were just like, "Fuck it, we're just going to be an inspiration, ins inspiration, <laughs> instrumental, um, and an inspiration to us all." There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and they've totally embraced that. And I think the interesting thing that Tim said about it, from him listening to rap is he's trying to bring that into his guitar playing. Um, so, like, you know, he said when they started to write songs they realized they couldn't just shred all the time they they instead sort of sit, took a step back and tried to simplify what they were doing and make it a little bit more melodic yeah and so that's the thing that like tim tries to do is he he listens to a, a lot of the flow that rappers have but he tries to sort of bring that into his guitar playing yeah i love that that's yeah. great yeah so that's a cool observation jay yeah i thought it's interesting it's funny because i don't really hear it but if i'm looking for it maybe i can I can sort of get it, mm -hmm. like, um, but it's not obvious. I think if you listen to it, it's not obvious. Yeah, you're not listening doing. to the guitar. You know, it yeah. doesn't sound like a rapper flowing. No, but 
but that's that's the story behind that's the inspiration yeah yeah. and i think that's really cool getting you know getting inspiration from something that's not the same but you know using that that vibe that energy yeah um so that's a super cool thing Uh, one of the things i thought was interesting because i was looking up this stuff and people would use the word wanking wanking did you see that (laughs) no i didn't uh and like wanking on the guitar yeah yeah. and i guess it's referring to you know just like while just soloing yeah, yeah, like just yeah. soloing out of control yeah non-stop or something i guess that's what it's referring to yeah well it, you know in somebody England, correct me wanking means masturbation right i've so, heard it in that um context yeah. as well and i've heard yeah i've <laughs> heard some people talk about guitar music it's just like wanking like they're just like <laughs> yeah and i guess that's what is being referenced yeah um i just came across this i mean just today so yeah. I know I don't have a big, uh, rich back history of the, the Latin roots of the word. <laughs> the or Latin anything. roots of rank- wanking, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. interesting to come across that. I guess, you know, people maybe in these genres know a little bit more about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, some people have accused these guys of just doing, like, maybe there's too many solos, kind of too many, like, the guitar's just wanking around. Like, there's no, there's not enough groove. There's not enough danceability. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like some people could say it's self-indulgent, right? Like, yeah. here's what I can do kind of thing mm-hmm. on the guitar. And I think they are. Yeah. I mean, and he's saying, yeah. no, and, and he's not giving a crap about what people are thinking. He's like, yeah. I want to be the, the best metal guitarist. You know, yeah. he's, yeah. He, he, he seems to respect um, the old way that rock stars were. Like, mm. just, I don't care. I'll mess up the green room. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll break the guitars on stage. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't give a care about anything. Well, it is a kind of a lost art, right? Like the art of like that sort of guitar playing and soloing, which was like really big at a certain point in time in music. Like yeah. probably like, you know, think about Guns and Roses and stuff like that. And yeah, exactly. Any of those big sort of like, you know, metal bands from like the 70s and stuff like that all the way probably up through the 90s you know with like metallica and stuff like that but, mm-hmm. but well even metallica started in the 70s i think but um yeah so but it is a lost art because it's you know in in the modern day of music you don't really hear people doing this type, type of stuff and these guys are young they're like 20 something doing it so yeah like, you know yeah so it's an interesting perspective yeah because i'm um, in some interviews you know, he, you can find Tim quoting that he's he thinks guitar music should die, <laughs> um, you know, and at the same time as they're releasing full-blown progressive rock focused on guitar with no vocals. Well, it will be interesting to see <laughs> so, where they go because I feel like from how I've heard them talk about stuff, and I think like the producing producing side of it is fairly new for them, like starting you know, with Ableton on the computer, like putting beats together and stuff like that. Right. I feel like it's, uh, you know, they're still sort of getting more into that. Like they even mentioned one album, I think, or EP. Uh, what was the EP that, that came out? Um, was it in um, The Most Hated? The yeah, Most Hated The Most season. Hated, 2017. Yeah. They said like now that they listen to that, they wish they could go back and redo it. Um they hear so many things on there that they wanted to change. And I think the thing they're talking about is like production quality. Like Tim was like, yeah, I want to like bring up the bass more and have like the bass clipping like it kind of has in trap music. Right. And I think kind of how they have it going in their most latest release as well. Very bass heavy. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. And, and it is kind of heavily, you know, hip, hip hoppy trap influence. And, yeah. um, you know, they are utilizing, you know, trappy, you know hi hats yeah. and stuff like that but mixed in with these acoustic drums yeah also doing super cool rhythmic 
yeah. technical stuff. Yeah. And, you know, trap is pretty hot right now. Yeah. I, I dig it. It's, I think I, I love the sound of guitars with trap beats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they, they got a, a, a pretty contemporary kind of modern thing going. Yeah. And that's, that's why my, that's my favorite album is the, the last one they came out with. But I mean, you know, I mean, we can, we don't have to go through all of these albums. The first yeah. two albums are pretty good. Yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, well, let me back up. 2014, they came out with their first LP, yeah. Muse. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. There's a bunch of features. Yeah. Um, I think this one has features from, uh, I can't say for sure, but at least somewhere in their discography, they're featuring uh, guitars from Chan. Mm-hmm. Have you heard Chan? No, I haven't. No. Another kind of progressive rock, you can say math rock yeah. band, which is also super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the, that guy was on this album. I can't think of his name off the top, but 2014 was Muse. Yeah. Pretty sick. They've done some collaborations uh, with a guy called Rick Graham as well. Uh, there was a single called Envision that came out in 2013. And I've heard Scott say that Rick Graham was someone that they like tried to imitate a little bit mm-hmm. or like, be heavily inspired by it. And then he managed to end up on the track. I think he's on a track on the latest album as well. Like Just a real intricate guitarist mm-hmm. like, yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean which is super cool yeah so i mean no again they're making it to this level they've, they've gotten a lo- level of acclaim and success and notoriety that they're getting to work with the people they're inspired by and that's always yeah. a good sign yeah, yeah. um i think these, st- these guys still got a long way to go i think they're still learning what what they're into yeah and they're learning who they are you know they're you know pretty young which is interesting comes back to that concept of um you know not procrastinating and actually just releasing stuff Right, you know, because I yeah. feel like they're a group that could be like going through this whole um, world of um, finding their own talents and inspirations and doing this whole thing before actually releasing anything, kind of right. thing. And but they're they're just putting out stuff. I mean, you know, three years after forming, uh, and it's it's high like quality. They must have been like nineteen or something when they put out yeah that, their first stuff. Yeah, right. could still be in high school. We don't even know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's high quality stuff and it's, yeah. it's intricate and it's, it's progressive and it's cool. Yeah. Uh, 2016, they came out with Renaissance, Renaissance, Renaissance. It's a hard for word sure. for us, yeah. man. <laughs> we'll get that one next time. Yeah. Um, but that's 12 tracks. Um, good stuff on there. Yeah. Um, and I think through their progression, they have these three LPs. Um, and then I'll just real quick, 2018, new levels, new devils is my favorite. Yeah. Um, so that's their discography. And I think through these three records, if you started from one, two, three, you can kind of hear their progression of, yeah. you know, maybe there was a little bit more wankability in their first stuff and, it's, you know, more <laughs> guitar solo stuff. But I think in New Levels, New Devils, it's it's a little bit more focused on melody, kind of like you were saying before. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a little more dynamic. Yeah. Um, and their production sort of thing is coming more out Mm-hmm. of 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 in the sound i think yeah they're totally yeah. embracing what they where they've come from with their guitar style and stuff but with the yeah. kind of contemporary yeah. trappy um beats and production styles yeah because i heard some stuff that just tim was just making on his computer and it's sounding trappy and uh-huh. you know, like bass music like kind of very electronic sort of thing totally um, not as much guitar in it like he seems to be starting to mess around more of um putting more effects on the guitar and making it maybe not sound like a guitar kind of thing, like a piano yeah. almost sort of thing. Like with some of those effects and stuff like that. Um, but you know, but yeah, a lot of the music is like very, it feels like it's anime soundtrack kind of. 
yeah, thing, yeah. maybe or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, Tim's Asian. Yeah, I think his mom's Asian. Got it. Okay. Yeah. He's American, I guess you'd say, but his mom is Asian or some okay. or Asian heritage. We he gotta does, be he PC. does have very striking features. Yeah. Looks, uh, <laughs> he's got these very high cheekbones and he's got these like neck tattoos now and yeah. stuff like that. Like, yeah. He's uh, he's got yeah. a look going on for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I mean, that's Polyphia. Yeah. That's 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 as much as I I know about him, and I'm still discovering. It's this cool band, and I think they have a long way to go. Yeah. Um. I'm definitely gonna keep my eye on them. Yeah. New yeah, they're, they're still touring. Um, I think they did like just Scott and Tim went on a mini tour of Asia. I think they're in Singapore, kind of thing. And I think that was only like a couple of years ago. And um, not as Polyphia, um, as Polyphia. But, okay. But they didn't. I think they didn't have the budget to take the whole band it was out a, there. So yeah, right. They, they just kind of went out there and played a few shows. And and Tim was saying, yeah, we have to let our label and management know that you know maybe like playing Asia would be a thing because. I feel like their music would go down really well over there, actually, like that kind of... Especially being of, instrumental, there's not yeah, a, that yeah. much of a yeah. difference. I, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm less likely to listen to something if it's a different language, even though I, I do try to do that, and yeah, yeah. I try not to let that get in my way. Yeah. But I'm just talking about initial instinct. If you just heard something that's a different language, a lot of people yeah. tend to kind of be... Oh well, I don't. I can't understand it. I'm not going to listen to that. So, <laughs> well, especially like in Japan as well, because I know like some people that are really into anime, and and uh, there are like some really famous groups out of Japan and Tokyo and that that mm-hmm. that do soundtracks and theme tunes for animes, and then they get really big by themselves. And like I know like that I haven't seen them come to Seattle, but there was this one group that went to Vancouver, and and they're really big in Vancouver as well. And I feel like this type of music is sort of in you know. I could, I yeah, I totally see that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um, great. But yeah, a blending of cultures, you could say. Yeah, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they go. I feel like they've got a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot more things to do. I think their best stuff is still ahead of them. I think so. Yeah, and they got. I think they're working on a new album. They seem to release one every two years. And I saw recently uh, Tim showed a clip not so long ago, like a couple of weeks ago, of them in the studio. So I cool. feel like twenty twenty one is probably a year where they might drop something new. Yeah, new album. It's a good time so. to do it. Not a lot going on in the social scene. Yeah, they're pro- they're probably waiting. I think actually they have they have shows booked for twenty twenty two though. I saw that. Yeah, Las Vegas, um, all around the states. Like yeah, in like summer of twenty twenty two. They're they're like looking ahead. Okay. COVID will be done by then. Like, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah, that's but, that's a good you yeah. know year and a half into the future. So I mean. Uh, vaccines coming out and stuff i mean this is not a covid podcast so we're done talking about it (laughs) but yeah i mean that'll be nice to see totally i would be happy to see it my brother gabe saw him um i think he saw them open up for the band issues Mm. another kind of cool in seattle yeah in seattle um issues is a kind of progressive rock band maybe in the same kind of genre yeah um and and he said they were great yeah he said it was a great show i think he said uh the bassist is kind of the front man at their shows yeah, they did mention um, he's always trying to find a new tone for his bass at every show uh-huh. because apparently like every room has like weird acoustics and stuff like that. So every time they go in there for sound check, they're always trying to like tweak things to get the right bass sound and stuff like that. Yeah. So t- tell them not to play at the showbox Sodo because they'll have a rough time. There. That's not gonna. That's not. I think. I think they played El Corazon. 
Us is a little bit small venue, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's yeah. not you know, yeah, yeah. I would imagine not much, not as much of a, of a difference. Sounds pretty good in there for bass. It's really small right. room, but yeah, good PA system. Yeah, I stuff, yeah. I played there once. I was playing guitar, yeah. and you know, I don't know. I wasn't on yeah. bass, but I think it sounded okay. I don't know. We played <laughs> uh, in the small room. I think there's like a larger stage in there. I think where I've seen people. I don't know where they would have played, but. I'm guessing it would have been the bigger, bigger stage, maybe. I'm sure it was the know. bigger one, yeah. But which has good sound in there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Apart from cool. I did see one friend play in there, and he had his laptop set up, and he spent the first half of his set trying to actually make the sound come through, yeah. which was awful. That's a little rough. It was a bit horrible to watch. Yeah, a, a person on stage trying to struggle with the sound quality. And all that's that. not, yeah, that's not fun for anybody. Not fun for anyone, yeah. But and uh actually i don't know if el corazon's I and mean, this is a very local seattle thing people but um i hear they might be changing like a different venue is going to go into that space or something it's not going to be el corazon anymore okay but it'll else. remain a music venue it will remain a music venue but yeah during covid and all that i think uh it's changing hands to to something else mm-hmm. i'm not sure what i did read something about it somewhere but i also uh, heard i'm not sure if it's a rumor but i show back show box at the market was might have a new location oh really well they have been wanting to tear that building down for ages yeah developers and that i actually went to a thing at the 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 hearing i don't know what you call it like where all the members of the public went up oh oh, you call it a um like a town hall yeah i went to a town hall and uh yeah you had like people from pearl jam they're not pearl jam themselves but people they'd sent to like talk on their behalf pearl jam's people pearl jam's people went there and read statements from like pearl jam members and stuff like wow. that everyone was there everyone that went there was like for keeping it open the only people that were against it were the lawyers for the property developers that are trying to tear Some, it down <laughs> just housing yeah okay so you know it, i think it kind of got saved but the the future is still i think uncertain A little especially murky. now yeah but, yeah. a murky future for the show box but we all we all love it like I mean, everyone everyone wants it to stay pretty much yeah and even if you're not from seattle i mean i think this is a universal conversation about music venues mm-hmm. in general and where they're going where they're heading yeah and what they they provide a lot of value to the community yeah. and i think people that's what's weird about the music industry is you know people aren't being supported as much artists aren't being supported as much and and things like venues that people really enjoy and love in the community aren't being supported yeah. as much as they should yeah you know i don't know yeah. like places like Ticketmaster, just taking up all these crazy fees and high prices but yeah. none of it's going you know to help the the venue or the artist yeah so yeah a conversation for another episode but you know there it is but yeah i mean that's the main income i think especially for a band to bring it back to polyphia mm-hmm. they have a heavy live touring presence they do that a lot I think, and obviously they're a band that lends themselves to you going and seeing them live because of their musicianship and everything like that. Totally. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, because streaming ain't ain't gonna pay, put bread on the table, as they say. Not these days, Jay. Not these <laughs> days. That's all I got on these guys. You got anything else? Um, no, that's I, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're I, sick. I would. Check out New Levels, New Devils, 2018. I think they just dropped a single um, called Inferno. Mm-hmm. That's yep. their latest release. Yeah. Just a single one song called Inferno, 2019. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to get in one of their albums, New Levels, New Devils is my go-to. Check out their YouTube videos because they have some super cool visuals and everything. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you want to play us out on a, a song? You got one lo- loaded up, or you want me to sh- throw you one? Um, throw me one? Or I did have the other one, So Strange, from uh, the most recent album. I think we're just only playing their songs that have vocal features in the moment. Yeah. Maybe if you want to play another well, one. Well, is uh, Goose. Throw Goose on there. That's another um, my okay. brother, G-Dog Quiggs. All right. On Insta's All right, uh, cool. uh, picks. So, uh, yeah, if anybody has any more information or you guys have seen them live, you got something to say, throw us that email, Jay. Hit us up. Roots to Grooves at SignalRadio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L Radio.com. Boom. Roots to Grooves out. This is Jesse Quigley. This is Jay Purcell. We'll see you next time. Peace. You think it's water, playboy? Ain't no water, playboy. But the popo don't know that, do The popo think it's water, playboy. But this motherfucking, motherfucking great goose, baby. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.